In our communion meditations, uh, I have been looking at some of Paul's instructions concerning uh, the, the Lord's table in 1 Corinthians 10 through 11. And today I want to show how the Lord's Supper is a sign and a seal of the entire Christian life. Uh, and as such, it commits us to, it summarizes and it commits us to a historical faith, a powerfully lived out life, and an eschatology for the future. Now, various Christians have denied one or more features of this. Liberals have denied some very, very key aspects of the historical faith, and as a result, it has destroyed the kind of Christianity that they live out, and it's totally messed up their eschatology for the future. Uh, pietists have uh, failed to live out the fullness of the historical faith in their Christianity. They are focused on their inward walk with God, and as a result, they've robbed the historical faith of certain things, and they have also um, skewed their eschatology for the future. Uh, dispensationalists have refused to see the connection between how we live in the present and God's plan for the future. In other words, that we are uh, filling out the eschatology of God in the future, and as a result, they've truncated all three dimensions of uh, Christianity. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, in a very small way, shows how all three features are a part of the Lord's table. And you'll see this in various other passages in the Old and the New Testaments, uh, connected with the Lord's table. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning to read at verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. He says, first of all, do this in remembrance of me. Every time we partake of the Lord's table, it forces us to remember what Jesus accomplished in his life, his death, his resurrection. Uh, it is a finished work. And because uh, it's a, a remembrance, one commentator pointed out, it can't be a memorial and at the same time continue to be a sacrifice because that would imply that there is something that is not finished. Instead, it's looking backward to a finished work of redemption. Now, this is denied by Roman Catholics who say that Christ's merits weren't quite enough. We've got to add the merits of the saints and the merits of Jesus and our own merits to fill up the treasury of merit uh, for salvation. But when Jesus said, it is finished, he was indicating there is absolutely nothing more that needs to be accomplished. The historical faith means that Jesus legally accomplished the complete reversal of everything that Adam lost. It is finished. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. But then secondly, Paul calls this meal or communion or a fellowship. It's the Greek word koinonia, which means a sharing in something. We share in the life of Christ. He lives 
his life through us, subduing all things to himself. And so uh, chapter 10, verse 16 speaks of this as a communion, koinonia. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 20, he warns us not to have fellowship, that's koinonia, with demons. He says he didn't want the power of demons in our lives. He only wants the power of God being lived through our lives. And so communion speaks of the reality of God's presence, his grace, his power being lived out through us. Uh, It's not just that salvation was accomplished. Redemption is now being applied by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, into our lives. Um, If you've never read John Murray's book, uh, Redemption Accomplished and Applied, I really encourage you to read it. It's one of the most fabulous books that he's uh, written. And... uh, it is just every word. It's like he, he spent time thinking about how, making, how to make every word in that book account. Really, really an excellent book. But point one is that redemption was accomplished. Point two is that the power of the Holy Spirit applies that redemption progressively in our lives, progressively in the church and in this world as a whole. Zwinglians hold to the first point, memorial, Uh, Reformed people say there's more than just a memorial. There is an actual power of Christ that is present, spiritually present in our lives. So if your Christianity is only an academic Christianity, you got all your doctrines down, you don't have enough. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit taking those doctrines and making a difference in your life, making a difference in this world. And then thirdly, the phrase, till he comes, focuses our hope on the final goal of history. The Apostle Paul in chapter 15 says that Jesus cannot come back until all things are placed under his feet. Uh, So there's a a goal. This is anticipation. There's much more that needs to be applied in our lives. Jesus, uh, uh, Paul said, uh, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 says that there's far more work that needs to be done in the church. Uh, right now, well, that was in the first century, he said, we're an infantile church being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but eventually it will become a mature man where the entire church will speak the same thing. They all have the same doctrine. They will be mature. And, uh, of course, in terms of the world, the Great Commission uh, needs to uh, still be fulfilled. And so we need to have a faith that is more than just individual. We do need to have a faith that he will accomplish uh, his purposes in us. He will cause us to grow. But we need to not be discouraged when we look at the church around us, when we look at the world around us. Realize that Christ is invincibly advancing his kingdom there as well. Well, those three points can be summed up in the words faith, love, and hope. We have faith in what Christ has accomplished. We're not trying to gain the victory. We're standing in the victory that Jesus has already accomplished. That produces a love for God and love for each other. And, of course, Jesus said love is the fulfilling of all of the commandments. So we're talking about the transformation of all of life uh, by his grace, conformed to his law. And then thirdly, it gives us a hope for the future. And so as you come to the Lord's table this morning... I would encourage you to come with a faith that he has already accomplished the victory for everything that you need in life. Uh, He has purchased it for you. And second, I would encourage you to cast off the defeatist attitudes of the ten spies and be like Joshua and Caleb and say, no, 
doesn't matter how bad the world is, doesn't matter how messed up the church is, uh, he will build his church so that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He will grow his kingdom until all things are subdued beneath his feet. And then thirdly, pledge your love to the Lord and to each other. This meal is God's assurance of his grace, past, present, and future. And it's your commitment to live by his grace, past, present, and future. And so let's uh, uh, commit ourselves to this sign and to this seal. Father God, we thank you for the comprehensive nature of your covenant that uh, everything that was lost in Adam uh, will be completely restored in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we look forward to the day in which the nations will be discipled nations. The Great Commission will be fulfilled. They will be obeying all things that you have commanded. May we on our part uh, continue to grow and uh, develop into uh, that model that you have set before us. May we never truncate uh, the historical faith, but may we believe it, see it lived out in our present, and have faith that it will be continuing to grow until all things are subjected beneath the feet of King Jesus. And to that end, I pray that we would embrace with a real faith, a real hope, and a real love this sacrament that summarizes the covenant. Uh, may you bless this, your people. May you set aside these common elements to a holy use. May you be glorified as we partake. May we be strengthened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.